we're going to be getting into this teaching of Pentecost, and it comes at the end of the 50 days and the counting, and people are like, well, counting's a pretty simple thing, right? We just count the days. Piece it's not as, not as simple as it sounds. You know, we could complicate anything. And, <laughs> and that we do. The Jewish people, as in general, you know, boy, they could find a way to complicate the simple. They just could... Uh, over and over again, you, as you read through the Bible, it's like, uh, but you realize somewhere there, it's like, I'm talking about myself here. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is just how I act. And sure enough, well, so here's the fun thing. The date of Pentecost, and we're going to go way back, and we're going to focus in around the time of Jesus 2,000 years ago as well, and to try to make, help you get the concept as they all work together. Especially because if you, you know, thousands of years ago, you know, you're in the Iron Age or you're before the Iron Age and your life is not quite as complicated as it is now. And uh, you're not really keeping a calendar anyways. You're just going from, you're going from harvest to harvest. And so you're getting ready for the wheat harvest, right? You've had your barley and now you're uh, working on the next uh, grain and fruit and all. So God tells them. This date of Pentecost is determined by Passover. So we look back at Leviticus 23 in the light of Passover 2,000 years ago and the death and resurrection of Jesus. Things changed a little bit there. But remember, here's, here's how it started. These are Jehovah's uh, appointed festivals. The sacred assemblies you're to proclaim at their appointed time. So you can't just wing it. You have to get it right. <laughs> so... Yehovah's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. Because there is no Pentecost without Passover. Right. And never that, has that's how you before. count the days, too, yeah. between the two. Yeah. So let's go back 2,000 years ago. It's 30 A.D. Twilight of the 14th was a Wednesday evening. The Last Supper was held. Jesus was arrested. And then on Thursday morning, still the 14th, because Jewish days begin in the evening, he was crucified from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The Passover lambs were being slain. Then they buried him Thursday as it switches over before twilight of the 15th began. So once they had him buried, twilight begins. It's his first night in the grave was the 15th. On the 15th day of that month, this back to reading here, Yehovah's festival of unleavened bread begins. So he's in the grave and the next festival, Passover is now done. The next festival begins from twilight Thursday evening till twilight Friday is the 15th. Then the Sabbath occurs. It's Friday twilight on the 16th till Saturday twilight. It's a little complicated, so you got to car <laughs> carry the two. Uh, Friday night the 16th was his second night in the grave. We'll just keep it. We'll just we're just going to focus this on nights in the grave. Back to Leviticus. When you enter the land, I'm going to give to you, and you reap his harvest. Specifically, this is the wheat. Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He's to wave the sheaf before Jehovah, so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. So this is part of the whole thing. You take this little bundle, you tie a little red ribbon around it, and when you're ready to reap, it's what you do first, and then you take this, and it's your first fruits. You must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring the offering to your God. doesn't matter how great your harvest is. You can't do anything until you give this to God and wave it before him. Okay, so let's going forward here. The day after the Sabbath is twilight, Saturday. It's now the 17th until twilight on Sunday evening. That's the, that's the, 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 what it's called, we know as Resurrection Day, it's Sunday, for Jesus. So the morning of the third day is called the Feast of First Fruits, when you take this little wave offering and you wave it to God. Hmm. So now it says, back to the Bible, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, 
count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. That does sound like it's confusing, but it's just counting. This is when you start, and then this is when you go forward. And then present an offering of new grain to Jehovah. So when you went on the resurrection days, Jesus comes out of the grave. They're out in the fields. And they've got the barley harvest. They're cutting off the first fruits. They're waving it before God, doing all the sacrifices. Now they're the same day. They're counting. This is day one. And they're going to count to 50 days. And when they're down at 50, they arrive at tomorrow, Shavuot or Pentecost. Hope that makes sense to you. So that's how it all lines up with Jesus. So from the time of Moses, what we call the Sadducee priests who maintained the temple determined that when they said Sabbath, they meant, wait, Sabbath. Mm. That's what they mean, Sabbath. They weren't very complicated. So in this passage, that meant the weekly Sabbath. It was Friday to Saturday, right? But after the resurrection of Jesus, things changed a bit for the priesthood and for Herod and everybody else. The church was born as thousands of Jews believed Yeshua, Jesus, was in fact the Messiah, became followers. In fact, at the Pentecost feast, 3,000 followed him. So celebrated his death and resurrection on Passover and all the way through first fruits, that's when they celebrated his death and resurrection. Well, Herod then replaced the Sadducees with the Pharisees in terms of who was in charge. So they, they set the dates of things, all right? So to avoid Jews believing that Jesus died on Passover and rose three days later on first fruits and therefore could be the Messiah, they said, we've got to work that thing out. And so they did. Mm. They changed the way the 50-day count worked. So it used to be quite simple. Since all feast days were all so considered Sabbaths, they are uh, on Saturday night to Sunday, that's a Sabbath. So you have a Sabbath Friday night to Saturday this week, and then Saturday. So you have two Sabbaths in a row because of the feast. They determined that in that scripture, when it said Sabbath in Leviticus 23, that referred to Passover itself. Mm. So instead of waiting till the weekly Sabbath ended to begin the counting of the Omer, First fruits would begin immediately after Passover on the first day of unleavened bread on Nisan 15, which eliminated the three days the Messiah was to be in the grave, which fulfilled all the prophetic scriptures. Mm. The Pharisees back then are the Orthodox now. The guys all the wear black and little the curls and, and curly, curly yeah. cues. So they're still absorb, observing the same way to eliminate Jesus from the picture. Wow. They want to push Yeshua out. Oh, Jesus. And guess what? It's still working. Most Jewish people see no connection whatsoever between Passover, first fruits, and the death and resurrection of Yeshua, Jesus. Ironically, this year, their calendar, their altered calendar, has, <laughs> been, a, has been a cost on the correct day. So sometimes you get it right, even when you do it by accident. Passover is 48 days behind us now, and the eve of Pentecost is set to arrive tomorrow evening to be June 4th, continuing through Sunday evening, June 5th. Most of the 50 days of the Omer count during the second biblical month, which has two names. It's a pretty cool thing, though. In the Bible, it's called the month of Ziv, which comes from Zaha, which is the word for flowers that are blooming. Hmm. That's what this month is. It's, uh, it means to be fruitful. It's where we get the word Zait, which is an olive or an olive tree. The blossoming of the olive tree was a sign that the winter was over and the spring, or Ziv, had arrived. Ziv reminds us to live our lives expecting good to bloom and burst forth. Imagine living your life expecting good. How cool is that? Yeah. That's that whole month of Ziv. Ziv is also called Yar, I-Y-A-R in our language, which means gathering. 
So, since Zeev means blooming, both words express the idea of harvesting, right? Right. They're not really deep. In biblical Hebrew, letters and numbers and words. So, ER means, I am God, your healer. Mm. Wow. Call that a month. Here's where the month gets its name. In Exodus 15, Israel had crossed the Red Sea. They're making their way through the wilderness. This is part of that 50 days. And in need of water, of course, they're in the desert. When they came to Marah, where the water was bitter or undrinkable. Hmm. God told Moses, throw a stick in the water. (laughs) You got to have faith to walk this journey. And the water was made fit to drink. Now, God then told them if they obeyed, they would not suffer any of the diseases that the Egyptians had suffered from. Because I am Yehovah who heals you. Mm-hmm. Some of you probably memorize that verse, I'm the Lord who heals you. But it's, I am Yehovah who heals you. And it's important because, you know, it's nice when a stranger tells you that, but it's even better when you know him. Yeah. And you know I'm for you. I am, this is who I am. I'm going to do what my name says. This took place on the first day of this, the month of ER. ER is considered a month of healing and the month that gives us hope. It's also one of the most meaningful months of the year. In the month of Ziv, or ER, Germany surrendered in World War II. The nation of Israel was reestablished in 48. The last 11 days of that month of the counting of the Omar have been rather miraculous. In fact, right now in this season, during these 11 days, the six-day war began in 67 when Egypt, Syria, and Jordan simultaneously attacked Israel. Sounds bad. The Arab nations were soundly defeated, not only defeated in six days, henceforth the name, the Six-Day War. In those six days, Israel seized the Gaza Strip Mm -hmm. and the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt the West Bank, including East Jerusalem and Hebron from Jordan, and the Golan Heights from Syria. So things turned rather quickly, (laughs) like declaring war and go, whoops, that's that's how they felt. Most significantly, the old city of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount were both liberated. It's often compared to what happened in Marah. They went from bitter to sweet. Psalm 30, verse 12, you turned my lament into dancing, my mourning into dancing. Hmm. You undid my sackcloth and girded me with joy. Wow. Yeah. They also celebrate the day of distinction. It's in the time of Moses. It was the day God first called Israel his chosen people. Your mind. He says that to you, too. Your mind. Mm-hmm. Moses ascended Mount Sinai for the first time, and God told him to tell the people of Israel, you shall be my chosen treasure from among all the nations. Of course, Sunday is Shavuot. Uh, Pentecost, when God gave the Torah to Moses at Sinai. So that happened this week, too. So that's a pretty substantial month, mm-hmm. and it starts it turns into the month of Sivan, which it has now. But uh, that's where we've been over these last 30 days and plus part of the 50 days. So just a little taste of what we're talking about.